Thank you all for joining the third episode of the Energy Today podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Roos, and with any week in the energy markets, this one was certainly interesting, so let's get into it. First, I want to take a look at the WTI index, which again is the West Texas Intermediate Crude Index, which is the U.S.'s primary gauge of crude prices. So going into last week, crude prices were pretty flat. Prices were hovering around $40 a barrel. Um, The previous week, Pfizer announced a vaccine, which we saw massive fluctuations in the energy markets. So on Monday, Moderna announced a 94.5% efficacy rate vaccine for the coronavirus. This places it up there with Pfizer's, um, who has since come out saying that their vaccine is around 95% effective against preventing COVID-19. Now, why the sudden change? Because initially, Pfizer's vaccine was around 90% efficacy. Um, This could just be the companies pivoting against each other, one trying to make their vaccine seem at least 0.5% more effective. Not quite sure there. But for the oil market and the broad stock market in general, they're very focused on vaccine news. And it is fair to assume that more vaccine news uh, will come in the near future, reflecting a sort of a light at the end of the tunnel of the whole uh, this whole pandemic. So after this announcement, we saw a WTI spike to around $42 a barrel on the Moderna news. And this reflects anticipation of more increases in oil prices going forward as far as the oil markets responding well to vaccine news, reflecting uh, likely increases in oil prices going forward. Um, Most importantly, though, we can stimulate the economy all that we want, but until people's lives return to normal, until they go buy more uh, gasoline and make more trips around their towns and travel, we will not see broad oil demand recover, um, which would would then result uh, an increase in crude prices whenever oil demand begins to recover. But most importantly, right now, things are looking better going into 2021, and I expect WTI to increase quite a bit. I would imagine around $50 a barrel being a new normal as we kind of come out of this crisis. It might even be a good time to pick up some specific oil companies who have been operating well within this environment. Um, So definitely something to, to take a look into. So next, I want to take a look at Saudi Aramco. Saudi Aramco is officially known as the Saudi Arabian Oil Company, which is a multinational petroleum and gas and natural gas company and one of the largest companies in the world by revenue. They are also conveniently the world's largest oil producer. They recently raised about $8 billion in debt at yields that are higher than the Saudi government's. They did this to fund its $75 billion yearly dividend to its shareholders. And for those that don't know a lot about dividends, this is a massive amount of dividends to promise your shareholders. So they initially promised this whenever they launched their 2019 IPO to really lure investors in. And this IPO, for those that weren't tracking it, was a huge deal in the energy space because this very pivotal pivotal oil company had been completely owned by the Saudi government. So in the IPO, they sold 2% of themselves to the public. And many assumed that this was a sure bet at profits and hence an appreciating stock price because it's such a large producing and relatively stable company. But this really hasn't been the case, considering that their stock price is just a hair below where it was whenever it issued. And now considering that that this company raised more debt, it makes it more risky from a valuation perspective, though. Putting all this aside, it's still the world's largest oil company, and in my view, a very safe bet. I can't imagine a world where Saudi Arabia lets Saudi Aramco fail, but hey, you know, who knew that the COVID pandemic would become as large as it did? So looking at the debt issuance more in depth, they the reason why I find this interesting is because they raised this debt at a yield higher than similar maturing bonds 
than the Saudi government. And this is pretty characteristics of characteristic of all bond uh, issuance. However, last year when they raised debt, they raised it at a better yield than the Saudi government. So bond yields are basically what the borrower, borrower will pay to the bondholders and what the bondholders can expect to receive from, from investing in these bonds. They previously raised debt at yields lower than the Saudi government, and this is the only instance that I know about this. And now they're forced to raise debt yields higher than the sovereign. It implies that creditors deem it as a more risky company demanding more yield than the government itself. Although this necessarily isn't a huge deal, it points to the fact that no company is invincible and particularly invincible from the coronavirus. So the next article I wanted to take a look at is rising crude oil inventories at Cushing, Oklahoma storage facilities. So Cushing, Oklahoma is the delivery location for the NYMEX Benchmark Light Sweet Crude Oil Future Contract. And NYMEX stands for the New York Mercantile Exchange, which in effect is similar to a stock exchange in its attributes, but it's primarily based around commodities. The NYMEX Light Sweet Crude Oil Future Contract is West Texas Intermediate Oil, so there's kind of the connection there. So it's a really important thing to look at. So Cushing, Oklahoma storage facilities connect around two dozen pipelines and 15 storage terminals, which is a massive amount of, of pipeline and storage infrastructure. So Cushing is referred to as the pipeline crossroads of the world, reflecting around 13% of U.S. oil storage capacity. Cushing inventories, because of these facts, are watched really closely by energy market participants. So this past week, Cushing, Cushing crude inventories rose to 61.6 million barrels. Um, this represents a 39% jump in inventories compared to the same week in 2019. And this is important because this time in 2019, COVID really wasn't a thing. It was just beginning to appear in China, and most of the world was consuming oil like normal. So really, this reflects rising supply of oil at a time when we don't really need more oil in the market. So this is a very interesting development. This, in the near term, I believe will hurt oil prices when demand for oil is still predominantly at low historical levels. When we see a future uptick in oil demand from causes such as know, stimulus or more vaccine news or eventually a return to normal where vaccines are widely, are widely available, we'll likely see around a one to two month period when this oil supply is slowly unwinding, resulting in more normal crude inventories and ultimately a more balanced supply and demand equation. So looking at what light sweet crude means, so light means that the oil has low density and flows freely at room temperature. Light oil is typically more sought after considering that it contains a higher percentage of hydrocarbons and can be converted into more uh, refined petrol products such as gasoline. Sweet crude, on the other hand, means that it contains low amounts of sulfur. This is more valuable, valuable to oil companies because the presence of low sulfur means that it can be refined into more petro products, similar to the attributes of light crude. Additionally, the U.S. produces much more light crude than it does heavy crude. Venezuela, for example, is one of the largest heavy crude producers in the world. So this is a bit of a side, but future Cushing crude oil inventories will certainly be something to watch as we continue to navigate this pandemic. These two stories came from the Wall Street Journal and oilprice.com, and these are very reputable sources for oil market news, as well as some thoughts of my own. That's all we have for today's episode. I know it's a bit of a shorter one, but the, the impact was still there. And thank you for listening in on this week's episode of the Energy Today podcast. Be sure to follow us at our Twitter account, 
at Energy Today 3 to stay up to date on, on more weekly market news and kind of what's going on from, from, a, um, from my perspective. So thank you again for tuning in and I hope you have a great week.